Good morning, everybody. We are so excited to have Kara Winkler, Taylor Shanahan. 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 Yeah, <laughs> I knew I was going to do it. Instead of calling me Shannon. <laughs> I don't know. I got, that, uh, I got that part. There's a lot of A's and N's and M's in yes. there. I'm just trying to keep them all straight. Well, we, we had called Adobe pretty much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Windermere yeah. Adobe. I, I, did, I, have to, I did call you Adobe it's the first okay. couple mm-hmm. times. Oh. I've forgiven we, you. Yeah, Why are they Windermere Adobe? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> a very strong Southwestern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the teal, yeah. sort of that uh, rustic. Yeah, no. Um, we haven't anyway. called Adobo yet. Adobo? Well, well, that's not going to fly. Uh, <laughs> so we are excited to uh, have these ladies here from Tapcar joining us today. Um, I forgot to tell you we were recording this conversation, <laughs> so I hope that's all right. Um, but we wanted to have a chance to have an ethics discussion, just kind of uh, some commonly asked questions I was thinking, and okay. I know that's your area of expertise, Karen when you were with the state organization with Washington Realtors. Remind me again what your title is there. I was the director of member policy, which means nothing. This is a vague term, but I, I handled the professional standards that's uh, administration. Was, that's for what I was looking for, professional standards. Yeah. We were all sitting here processing. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a good title, right? That means. <laughs> And uh, Taylor handles government affairs for yes. Tapcar, so we're going to pick her brain on ADUs and other good things that are going on. Oh, I see fair housing in your notes. We're breaking up into last year and this year. Okay, yeah. excellent. Do you want to give us a little recap from last year? Sure, yeah. Okay. So um, kicking off last year, it was the 50th anniversary of fair housing. So, um, you know, at the national level, the theme was own it. So we worked pretty much all year long on, um, you know, discussing that we were on the wrong side of history back in the 1960s um but since then you know we've 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 fully acknowledged that housing equity is good for everyone um so uh we talked with a lot of different municipalities we worked on resolutions throughout pierce county so we got a resolution passed um, acknowledging uh the 50th anniversary of fair housing at the pierce county level and then we jointly received a resolution from tacoma city council um, celebrating the 50th anniversary and owning history and owning that that um, that housing equity and allowing everyone to be a neighbor is is far better. Uh, uh, let's just take a minute to unpack that because I think it's really important and what's in that resolution yeah. is really important because when you say owning that, you don't mean owning property. You mean owning the fact that yes. the realtor organization was, was on the wrong side of history, complicit in. Uh, uh, discrimination against people um, and a lot of folks within our industry don't understand that that's why it's a big deal to acknowledge it I really commend you guys for doing that yeah and I think and I think to that effect you know um, your guys's role in a community really is the catalyst and the nexus between three important parts of our community which is government uh, real estate and then also equity right and you guys really you know you guys bring people into neighborhoods and you guys sell neighborhoods and community and so i think you know it was really important for us to get out there and and get these resolutions worked through municipal government um just just to own it acknowledge and then also provide you guys with with that talking point of like being the nexus of bringing people together so well and and there's a there's an underlying resentment that I think you have to sort of acknowledge that's what was so important about that is the acknowledgement of you can't run around and say oh you know realtors are for housing for everyone and sort of pretend that we weren't involved in a time where we were not about housing for everyone we were really involved at the ground level in redlining and discrimination through FHA and um, so that's I mean that's a powerful piece for us to 
be aware of that when we're walking into communities or when we're talking about issues like gentrification, where mm -hmm. you know people struggled for so long to be able to buy a home and to have a community that they had to build up, which in many areas was maybe a less desirable community, mm -hmm. an industrial location. Um, I just. For our realtors who are not here right now, we of course urge them to continue to dig into that history and understand it because a lot of times people are like, I don't understand why folks aren't more happy about um, you know, what's changing in their neighborhood. And you're like, you don't know how hard they had to work to get a home in the neighborhood they're in, you know, many communities of color, and then now white people want to come in and move into their neighborhood and say that it's a great place to be when they had, it's really important to understand the fight that had to precede that for people to get in and establish a community. And so that's that, that piece of that history that is so vital and hopefully we continue to talk about. In uh, Washington, D.C. last May for the NAR legislative meetings, um, they do an event at every conference. It's called NAR 360, and it's just a brief opening. It's like the opening session of the conference. And 2018 President um, Elizabeth Mendenhall did an amazing presentation on fair housing and her theme and when Taylor was talking about own it so that was Elizabeth Mendenhall's theme for the was own it and it was owning the fact like you said that, that we were complicit um, not just here in Tacoma but realtors across the country were complicit in that and it was a beautiful piece really acknowledging that um, so if you have time I would go to the NAR site and um, I, I mean sorts on the NAR um, YouTube channel Maybe yeah, we can link to that. In yeah, the, uh, so it's NAR 360 from May 2018. Comments. Yeah. Um, well, and it's um, it's a great opportunity, and I think it's important to just acknowledge for our realtors to be prepared to have that conversation, because then the flip side of it is there are laws. So, you know, fair housing's been in place <coughs> since 1968. That does not mean, because people often say, well, that's illegal. Well, great. That doesn't mean it's not happening, and so right. hosting those continued conversations um, also, people knowing who to reach out to um, to express their concerns, or when you see opportunities yeah. for the community to engage with the association. And we had some. Uh, it was Lauren uh, Lauren Walker, mm -hmm. uh, who was the she's no longer the director, but was the director of the Fair Housing Center two years ago, um, came and did a presentation to Tapcar, and you know, there's that con misconception that, oh, that doesn't, like you said, housing discrimination doesn't happen anymore. She's like, no, we've, they've got testers out. Yeah. They've got people out at, at, that are being discriminated. And if you listen for yeah. it and you're open to hearing people's mm -hmm. experiences, yeah. you, you know it's happening. Yeah. Um, so that, thank you for that, that work. I just think it's yeah. important background for, it's e and then particularly in a recording, it's easy to be lost, the idea of right, and you're, owning you're much, that, uh, that thing. You're much better at <laughs> yeah. you know, it. Uh, it's an important you, one. Yeah, thank no, you absolutely. Yeah, um, you know, I think that hands down, uh, fair housing is one of, is the most important piece to come out of that civil rights era. I, it's yeah. opens up a, a host of opportunities. Um, so, you know, it was, it was, we were proud to work it through mm -hmm. uh, municipal government and get that recognized. So, um, you know, going, <laughs> I don't know how you really follow up fair housing, but transitioning to other work that we did this yeah. year. Um, so we also, you know, uh, we advocate for uh, for you guys, your uh, wallets, we uh, your right to sell property, your right to be in the industry. But we also work on um, on property rights and representing your client and, and your client's rights to own property. So, um, and I'll, I'll get into all that. So, um, 
last year we uh, there were some bad ideas that were going around and being exchanged between different <laughs> municipalities. Uh, one of which was uh, business license reform that um, had come out of the uh, 2017 legislative session. And in that, uh, the, the state said, if you want to be on our portal for business licenses, you have to, you have to adopt this kind of form ordinance um, that, kind, that regulates your business license. And part of that had um, p- defined people engaging in business as independent contractors, agents, or brokers, which are all things, <laughs> depending on who you talk to, that you guys fall under. So um, that was an issue. You know, some, some of these firms uh, have hundreds of brokers. And if every single individual broker had to go and get a $50 to $100 business license in every municipality yeah. that they worked in, that's another full-time job for someone to come and manage that and make sure that, that their brokers were compliant. So uh, we stepped in in uh, Gig Harbor, University Place, and Puyallup and got brokers, managing brokers, and designated brokers exempt from those from those business licenses. Um, you know, when I had some pushback, when I had some pushback, they were like, you know, why why is it so important for you guys? And I just kind of like looked around and was like, well, we're the only ones asking. <laughs> so uh, so we got we got you guys exempt. Um, from, from those business license requirements in those three municipalities. Uh, Tacoma's always had a business license thing. They were just cleaning it up. They weren't completely opening it. So we left Tacoma alone and just okay. worked on Gig Harbor, University Place, and uh, Puyallup. Uh, the next point, the next one was uh, in 2018, Puyallup had an ordinance that uh, would require um, any any property that was on a septic system that was within 300 feet of a sewer line whether the septic system was in good good working condition or needed repair, at the point of sale, you would have to connect to that sewer line. Um, I don't think I need to tell you guys that that could be like tens of thousands of dollars on top of already the most expensive purchase your clients would be making. So um, stepped in, said, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. If it's in good condition, let's keep it that way. If it's in bad condition, let's offer them the chance, the, the seller to fix it up and put it in good or in good working condition or allow the buyer to, to, to negotiate that. So we had that piece of the septic to sewer um, connection pulled out of that ordinance and um, you know, homeowners are now given the chance and the decision and the right to, to you know, if they want to, if they're within 300 feet and they want to connect, it's there, but they don't have to. Um, finally in 2018, um, you know, I think I think along the lines of fair housing and and that kind of theme, there was and and right now we're in a housing affordability and inventory crisis, and that's not only affecting home buyers and sellers, but that's also affecting renters. So Tacoma, um, the Tiki apartments were purchased by a developer. Um, the Tiki apartment residents were uh, were given notice and and um, and some money that was within was was within the law, um, the state law, but really the tiki apartment was very low income renters um they don't have the resources to pick up and move with within 30 days let alone 60 days um so that kind of led to going to council and advocating for tenants rights um our our talking point through that whole process was we need to preserve the transaction and the timeline of which you can you can sell a property so we worked with city council and some other stakeholders on, on really focusing on preserving that, uh, preserving the timeline that happens within a transaction. So the average time from, from a seller 
accepting an offer, uh, accepting an offer, and then closing is like 45 days, 60 days maybe. So we um, we really worked originally in the draft. It was if someone wanted to sell a property, they would have to give the renter 120 days notice. That's four months. That's a like that's a huge issue to work around. So we um, we negotiated and we had um, a few proposals that we that we introduced, and um, I think it was just a little it was confusing and um, you know not everybody was grasping. So really, what we did was we just had um, the sale of property taken out of the definition of change in use. So it defaulted away from 120 days notice into 60 days notice. So now for a, a tenant occupied property that is going to go through um, the sa the, a sale, uh, you will have to provide those tenants with 60 days notice. Um, you can find more of those regulations on cityoftacoma.org slash rental housing. Um, and they've got a full outline. There's a packet that you now need to give to, um, uh, to your tenants with their rights. Uh, it's about 37 pages long. Um, but that's all can be found on the city's website. So um, that's that's really what we focused on in 2018. Uh, we did have a state election that we had an 83% win rate on our endorsements and funding. And uh, Dave actually sat in on our on our endorsement uh, committee. So thank you for volunteering your time. Oh, sorry, I didn't make as many as I should have. No, <laughs> no, you it was, yeah. And you were opening up this great space. So yeah, totally, totally fine. Um, so yeah, and so that's what we did in 2018. I don't know if you want to go into ethics. Or you want me to go into 2019? Um, Talk about Okay, yeah. So that was 2018. Now we're cutting into 2019. Uh, DADUs and ADUs have been a huge topic right off the bat um, of into 2019. So uh, Tacoma had a uh, DADU pilot pro pro program. Um, for about five years. And within that five-year pilot program, there were 60 DADU permits pulled, but there are no, the city doesn't have the numbers on how many actually were built. Yeah. So 60 permits pulled over five years. Um, you know, DADUs are a great way to create density within, within um, some of these, you know, these neighborhoods, you know, looking at, uh, looking at the North End, and the North End Neighborhood Council has kind of been the most vocal about this, but um, you know, there's some great opportunities to build a, a, a carriage house or a mother-in-law suite above a garage, and, and you know, there's a lot of people who have had, who have owned those homes for 30, 40 years, they're completely paid off, but now they're struggling they're struggling to, to pay the property tax, right? So this is a, this DADUs are a great way to create den density, bring attainably priced uh, inventory onto the market, and then also allow seniors to age in place. It also it also adds to the, the property value, right? Because um, now you've got rental income you can pull off of it. So, um, you know, I can go into debt to income ratios, which is the conversation that I've had to have a million times, but, um, but yeah, so so we we hopped in early on this, and uh, it kind of worked its way through the planning commission, and then it worked its way into the IPS committee, the um, Infrastructure and Public Services. I think that's what that means. Committee at um, at Tacoma City Council. So in Tacoma City Council, it came from the planning commission to uh, to the committee um, with an owner occupancy requirement. That's an issue because again, we not only we not only protect your right to do business and and your bottom line we also we also protect our your clients so um you know we saw that if an owner had to occupy the DADU what would be the incentive for someone to take out a $100,000 loan to build it cuz now they're locked into living in that so if their if their circumstances changed yeah you know how could they how could they get out and then also so um, so we made sure that the owner occupancy requirement was removed. We uh, 
huge deal. Yeah, and we negotiated um, a reasonable design review process. It's like a rare day that I get to say that Portland <laughs> had a great idea, but their <laughs> DADU uh, design <laughs> review. <laughs> but their DADU design review. Um, is is really efficient and, and streamlined. So we uh, said here, do this, and then um, and then we we ensured that an off street parking requirement uh, remained. These out were of it. these were the things when we were talking about it the other day with uh, John and Katie from WC Studio. We were like, oh my god, there's no yeah. additional parking required. You don't have to occupy. Like this is a huge deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're massive. creating. Yeah, well, which I don't know. Do we? I don't know how many people will listen to this outside of our brokerage, but like, you know, we're creating multifamily yes. zoning, which is desperately needed, mm -hmm. but of course, which will freak some people out, but we need it badly. Yeah. And so, you know, the neighborhood council, the, the, some of the neighborhood councils were, were a little skittish about, about allowing this and, and being okay with this. And so they were really pushing for owner occupancy and off street par parking. But yeah. our point was, you know, concerns about, concerns about, owner occupancy or off-street parking is operating under the assumption that everyone's going to be building a DADU around you. Right. And that's simply, like, I mean, after we look at the numbers, it's like they're not going to be sprouting up everywhere when they yeah. cost right. about 200000 to put together. Well, and I think, I think that, you know, an important piece is that the average multifamily unit to build in, like, a big, you know, apartment complex costs about $300,000 a unit. DADUs, you can get those down to 90000 right, if you've got the right setup. And so... Um, you know, we've been kind of using the ninety thousand to one fifty to to build a, a DADU. So we're like, that's just that's, so much more affordable. That's not including oversight. That's actual like physical structure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, so one thing that we that we did uh, come up against on this one was there was um, there was an, an affordability sub sub um, market rate affordability package that was introduced, and I think. Um, you know, we fully acknowledge that there is an affordability issue yeah. um, within Tacoma and also Pierce County, also like the country. <laughs> um, but we wanted the, the incentives that were put forward didn't fully incentivize, right? The, the perks weren't good enough to, to, to incentivize people to rent at below market rates. So, um, you know, we worked with council and so now that, that amendment for that package is being pulled back and it's gonna be going to planning commission and we'll be working with the planning commission and council again when it comes, when it comes back around to make sure that those incentives, you know, if you're, if you're renting, you know, if you, if you are gonna rent sub 50% of area median income, um, which is about $650 a month, um, you know, the incentive should be so good that they make up for that 500 bucks that you're, that you're taking a hit of a month, right? Um, so we are going to work with council uh, with on, on having incentives that actually incentivize and, and work towards. Are not just a line item. Right. We also think that, you know, simple economics is, is um, more supply drives demand down and takes price with it. So, um, you know, any kind of inventory that comes in at any market rate frees up more inventory for people to move up that ladder and uh, up the rental ladder and then also into home ownership. So um, that's really that's really our stance on that. 
uh, and then quickly I'll run through some other stuff that we're working on, um, and then I'll I'll stop talking. Um, this is really good info. Thank you. Yeah. So um, we we not only endorse candidates for uh, for local office and state office, and then also Fed. Well, we don't do the federal endorsements. That's NER. But um, we not only like fund those kind of elections and campaigns. We also fund school bonds. So this year um, we were like super excited to endorse and fund uh, the Peninsula School Bond and then also the Bethel School Bond. And thank God we had a snowstorm <laughs> because it drove voter turnout down. And so they were able to pass both of those bonds. Um, I mean, they have to have a 60% majority. It's just, they haven't been able to pass a bond in 20 years. Well, we, um, Michael and Dave and I, and Caitlin and Nick, all went to Peninsula School District schools, yeah. and I mean, they couldn't get a bond passed when yeah. we were there. Yeah. And I mean, that was at least 20 we years ago. Yeah, it's it's so it's it, a huge deal, and it's like portable city. And I think we saw a video. They came and presented at one of our yeah. um, one of our GA meetings, and there was like a bucket with like dripping water, and kids had classrooms in the hallway. So levies are for learning, bonds are for building, and so um, they're going to be able to build like three more schools each, and it's just it's going to be it's going to be great. So uh, super excited about that. Super excited to be able to step in. Um, a large part of our ability to kind of step in and help fund and endorse is your guys' investment in the realtor pack. So your dues have um, have about $35 that go towards the realtor pack. And uh, that's what funds our ability to help these school bond issues out and then, and then also fund um, candidates. And we don't, on the candidate level, we don't just endorse Republicans. We don't just endorse Democrats. It's about a 48-52 uh, split. Um, and, and so we, we really endorse realtor champions, and we are the party of realtor, and we back those that back our issues and get our issues. So um, it's, a it's a really fun time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever heard the term uh, policy geek, <laughs> you may have encountered one. Yeah, right here. Nathan texted me the other day. He was like, look at you, you little policy wonk. And I was like, I'm trying. Yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> And yeah. Nathan is Nathan Gorton, oh, yeah. the Sorry. government affairs director for Washington Realtors, who actually initially hired Taylor years ago to work at WR. So yeah. he's yeah. been a great support. And We're so lucky here now to go with the Association of Realtors. So sorry, Washington Realtors. And then quickly, I'll just hit on two more points. We're working on side, sign code issues and your guys' right to mm. hang signs in people's yards yeah. in uh, Puyallup and Lakewood. So uh, in the Supreme, the Supreme Court had a decision called the Reed decision that said that municipalities couldn't discriminate um, through code based on content of signs. And um, so every night I flip through 100-page ordinances <laughs> on sign code. Um, but uh, so Lakewood, that's, that's led to municipalities trying to wipe any reference of content from their sign code. Um, this is a problem because some, some guys are, are tightening up their restrictions and their enforcement of signs. Um, and then other guys are like, we, we don't care, have at it. So um, in Puyallup, I had a meeting with, with a, plan, a member of their planning department, and I just basically was like, thank you so much for this lovely sign code. And then I took it and I handed it to Lakewood and I said, please do this. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's not going to happen in Lakewood quite like it is in Puyallup. But in Lakewood, um, we're trying to preserve your right to directionals to get people mm. to, um, to you know, open houses. 
if you get back in those oak that oak brick <laughs> neighborhood, you never get out. <laughs> it's gonna take nine directionals to get people from a main arterial too. So, um, well, also our clients always want to know, you know, like why well, can't you put one of those arrows out in such and such place, or why can't you yeah. put something out? It's uh, confusing to them why that can't take place. Right, and and so yeah, it, it's because it's a municipal code and it's yeah. it's awful and. So if a realtor had a question about where they were allowed to put a sign, would they call it down at Tapcar just to verify? Yes, yeah, so you can. Potentially, you can, you can absolutely. If you have a sign about sign code, I will hunt down the information, um, or you You're can always pretty familiar with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, if you have any questions, just call me and I'll find the information. Um, yeah. So uh, that's what's going on there, and then also we're working on a regional uh, JBLM military noise disclosure uh, with the county. So. Um, the county the county wants some noise disclosure not just for aircraft but also for uh for uh shooting practice and tanks going by and mm. all that kind of stuff you know we're kind of in a tough spot because um i i've been in this position for about a year and a half and we inherited some some agreement that that came with the county and, and staff and um so now we're trying to like make sure that no no liability we're trying to make sure that the liability doesn't sit on the broker, right? And if you guys have to hand a disclosure and have it signed, that's liability landing on your shoulders. So um, we're trying to protect you in that. You guys also aren't uh, decibel experts mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and noise experts and noise pollution experts. So um, we're, we're working with the county on, on possibly finding, um, you know, a happy middle. Hey, when they're blowing stuff up out of Fort Lewis, I mean, we all... Period. And I live yeah. in Thurston County, and yeah. so I, we were Taylor and I were talking. I said, "Well, so how far does this disclosure go? Mm -hmm. Because we here at Thurston County, we get notices in the newspaper that they're going to be doing drills that weekend to expect louder noise. So mm -hmm. where does it end? How how far mm -hmm. King County down to Thurston? Um, it's just well, a they've huge got this like wonky map, and it's just it 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 welcomes a lot of human error." with the map and trying to decide which property gets what. So um, that's something that we're, uh, that, that we're working on with them and we're gonna try and make sure that it doesn't hurt you guys too much. Just keep the liability off the broker. Yep. Their goal. So uh, yeah, that's enough for me. <laughs> and in Thank case you. you're wondering if Taylor likes her job, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all evident. <laughs> no. So yeah. Thanks Taylor. Thank you. Thanks for all that work you and I think I'm hearing you say at the very beginning of this, which is like, we're here to work and work on problems that you know exist. So yeah. like if you've got an issue, come talk to us or something that you think it needs to be addressed in your community or right. something your clients are concerned about. So we so we really focus on six municipalities um, within Pierce County. And it's, um, it's Pierce County, Tacoma, UP, Puyallup, Gig Harbor, and Sumner. Oh, Lakewood. Lakewood and Lakewood, and uh, and so if if something you know is happening down in Dupont that I don't know about, reach out to me. If you have you know an issue in Edgewood or Sumner or you know Fife, let me know. Um, yeah, the more you guys are the boots on the ground that kind of know. You know, I get tips every once in a while, but if you guys come across something, absolutely reach out. 
Karen. Yeah. I don't know if I can follow that. <laughs> what kind of shit have people been doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I must say that anything done through the professional standards process is confidential. confidential. Yeah, yeah, I'm just <laughs> Well, you know, it was, I mean, we had an interesting conversation because I reached out to you and said, hey, oh, yeah. you know, this, this thing came up. One of our brokers was kind of frustrated because somebody was advertising a pending listing on um, Craigslist as being available. And um, I was like, well, let's check in with Northwest MLS. And um, they were like, well, that's kind of beyond our purview because we don't care what you do off of Northwest MLS, basically, as long as the status was updated there. And so I'm like, I'll call Karen and see. Because this, this feels icky. This doesn't feel right. And surely that's got to be a, you know, like an ethics violation. And we had a good conversation about it because, I mean, it's, it's helpful to know sort of where the different organizations that we belong to or are licensed to, like where that comes into play. And in that case, we determined that it wasn't, you know, a clear violation of, of anything, which is probably why somebody's well, doing it. So I'm not the one to make the determination whether or not a violation mm. has occurred. So a complaint could be filed it's up to the grievance committee. But we had a discussion, yeah. and we felt that it did not fall under any of the articles of the Code of Ethics. Yeah. And you would, I mean, you take those phone calls and All direct them long, to the yeah. yeah, that's part of yeah. what you do. Yeah. It's... So you do have three entities. So you have Northwest MLS, which is your MLS rules and regulations. You have the Code of Ethics, which has been around since 1913. You know, NAR was founded in 1906. The Code of Ethics came to be in 1913. And it's been, you know, revised, obviously, you know, every year um, as the way you do business has changed. So what we've seen most in the last few years is changes to Article 12, which is the advertising article because the way you are advertising, the way you are communicating with your clients is changing. It's not flyers in the mail so much anymore. It's not dropping postcards on people's you know, front steps. It's what we're seeing on social media. So a lot of the changes we've seen have been around internet usage. And then you also have Department of Licensing, which has their own advertising guidelines and their own rules and policies. So we say that as realtors, you are held accountable to a code of ethics, which holds you accountable to above and beyond what Department of Licensing does. However, when DOL and the code conflict, so when state law and the code conflict, state law does take precedent. So we've had some issues over advertising where the code says one thing and DOL requires you to do another. Um, so you do have to be in compliance with the code. So someone could file a complaint against you, yep. um, even though it's not a, a not a DOL violation. I don't know if I'm making sense, but so you do have to make sure that you're holding accountable to the code of ethics. But there are some cases where there may be some conflicts, and DOL will take precedence over that. So what we've been seeing a lot of, of course, is Article 12. Um, I said the advertising, and a lot of it revolves around teams, um, because and DOL actually has a huge section on their advertising guidelines around teams as well, because people tend to advertise their team and not their brokerage. So, you know, I'm a member of Team Awesome, and so you put out, you know, an ad on you know, <laughs> social media, you know, Jane Doe, Team Awesome, here's my phone number. But that doesn't say where you're licensed. Mm -hmm. And the reason that the Code of Ethics requires that you disclose in that advertisement where you are licensed is because they want people to know where to file a complaint. <laughs> <laughs> is that why teams have, like, some of them have, like, powered by so they so have to, and team. even according to DOL, you do have to disclose. You can be a team, but you do have to disclose. Unless your team is a registered DBA uh, doing business as, you do have to disclose um, your firm name. So your team awesome with, you know, John Doe Realty. 
Um, so you do have to disclose that. So we see a lot of uh, conflict, not conflict, but information about Article 12, especially in terms of what you're doing on social media. Um, you do need to disclose in your social media posts anything that you are a licensed real estate professional. It doesn't say that you have to disclose that you are a realtor, although we would really love it if you did. Um, but we'd like you to do it in accordance with the trademark rules and regulations. And so if you're doing that from your business page and you've disclosed on your business account mm -hmm. um, where you work and you've used your proper mm -hmm. license name and your brokerage name, you're okay because you're following the one click. But if yes. you're posting to your personal Facebook page... You need to include something in that personal page that's going to you know, lead that person back to your business page or lead to a disclosure that you are a licensed real estate Which is why we say post on your business page and share it to your personal pages, yes. guys. Yeah, so you need to disclose reason. that you are. So I so said we'd love for you to say, um, you know, so-and-so, comma, realtor. So what's your name? Milo? Mello. Mello. And your last name? Hogan. So it would be Mello Hogan, comma, realtor. Okay. And um, videos, do we have to always say? Hey, I'm Ella Hogan. I'm with Wondermere Boat. That's an excellent question. So, it says, so according to Article 12, you must, in all your advertising and marketing representations, you must disclose your status as a real estate professional. Okay. So, you would say I'm a broker with Wondermere okay. Boat. Yeah. So, if you were doing, now again, if you're broadcasting from one of your accounts, mm -hmm. which already identifies you, right. so you're okay. Um, but if you were on your Facebook page and yeah. you decided to just pop, pop in and do a, a live, Facebook yeah. Live, you, you would need to disclose them. Um, I was in California this week and they have to disclose their license number. And so that was, I'm <laughs> like teaching this, uh, this office that I'm at down there and they're like, so where do you put your license number? And I was like, oh, for the love, we don't have to do that <laughs> yeah. here. But and it's interesting, um, because I've taught in Arizona, yeah. and of course, you know, we're an all-broker state, so I just refer broker, 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 and I'm teaching in Arizona where they're agents and brokers, so they're looking at me like, so none of this applies to me because I'm not a broker. I'm like, oh, wait. Never mind. Yeah, so okay. it is confusing when you travel, you know, different, yes, different states have different regulations. But yes, I, I mean, by default, I would say disclose. Um, and if you are using the term as a realtor, keep in mind, and we'd love you to disclose that you are a realtor, but realtor reflects your membership in an association. You are not a licensed realtor. That drives me crazy. <laughs> you are a licensed real estate broker who is a member of the National Association of Realtors. So if you're looking at how to use realtor, if you could change it out, it's, keep in mind it's membership. It's not an occupation. It reflects membership. So you're not a licensed realtor. You're a licensed real estate broker who is a member of the National Association of Realtors. And the, saying that you are a realtor, I mean, the only thing that we can say in this state, because you know, we have real estate licensees who are you know, licensed real estate brokers who are not members of the Realtor Association. So for our realtor members, the only thing that we can say legally that makes you as realtor members different from a real estate licensee is that we hold you accountable to a code of ethics. That's the big difference. And I don't know if you've all seen the new ad campaign that NAR has launched. Um, it's called That's Who We Are, mm -hmm. R being the Realtor logo R. <coughs> it's really based on the code of ethics. They are promoting the code of ethics and that if you use a Realtor, they're held accountable to this code. So it's a big thing um, to use that, use your reference as a Realtor. And also if you want to use the marketing materials for That's Who We Are, um, it's available on nar.realtor um, slash That's Who We Are. Uh, great material for you to use in your marketing there. But um, any questions you have in a transaction, you're welcome to call me. 
um, about ethical issues. Keep in mind, I have to do my disclaimer. Um, I'm not a licensed real estate broker, <laughs> nor am I an attorney. I just play one on TV. Um, so I can't answer transactional questions, but I can help direct you to the applicable articles of the code. Um, and then if you do ever get into a situation where you may need to file a complaint or you're looking for some sort of resolution, we do have many different dispute resolution processes available to you outside of what's through DOL and through Northwest MLS. Anybody have uh, anything exciting to ask if telling someone? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anybody have a grievance to air right now? So I will say if you, you Please don't. If you I see no, but if you see if you see marketing material out there and you're wondering and they're marketing themselves as a realtor and you're wondering because you might see the office name and you're like oh, I don't think they're a realtor call us oh, yeah. let us know because that is a trademark violation and the reason why NAR still has realtor as a trademark is because they defend it so vigorously and I was involved um, several years ago when I was with Washington Realtors we had a broker. Uh, up north that uh, had been a realtor office and then had become an independent office. And this uh, designated broker told her uh, brokers that they could t continue to, to call themselves realtors as long as they did not use all caps. <laughs> um, so if they did an all lowercase, that that was fine. And so I sent some cease and desist letters. I'm like, no, it's really not okay. Um, and then and then she told me not to contact her anymore. And I said, awesome, I'll have NAR contact you. <laughs> um, and we actually ended up in court. Um, in Seattle. Oh, they were they, that they were determined. That determined, and NAR is that determined. Oh, so sure. they sent out their attorneys, and we yeah. went to court, and um, it was fascinating, and, and NAR won. Do um, you want to, uh, well, first, does anybody have any questions for Karn or for Taylor while they're here? Um, I was going to say, do you want to tell us a little bit about the general membership meeting that's coming up and why everybody to. should be there? Yes, we have a um, awards luncheon general membership meeting on March 27th. So that'll be Realtor of the Year. Realtor of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Community Service, Citizen of the Year, Special Achievement. I know I'm forgetting some of them. Um, and we will also have as our keynote speaker, Dale Chumley, who is the current president of Washington Realtors. Um, if you have not had the opportunity to meet Dale, um, I would really encourage you to come. It's exciting to see what we have going on at WR. Um, keep in mind, you know, you're not only a member of the Tacoma Pierce County Association, you are a member of Washington Realtors and NAR. So Dale is your president as well. Um, he's a fun guy. He's got some great innovative ideas. I'm excited to see what he's going to be doing this year at WR. So keynote speaker um, will be doing our award presentations. It's at the Star Center. Uh, door, oh, good. Doors is. open at 11. Program starts at 11.30. Um, and then I will let Taylor talk about the May general membership meeting because you want to put that on your calendar now too. Yeah, yeah so we have a, a GMM meeting that is May 22nd and it's going to be down on the Theophos at the Glass Museum. And uh, we're bringing in a director of member engagement, yeah, engagement. Nobu Hada, uh, from uh, what, Chicago? Yeah, he's in Yeah, yeah, yeah but in Chicago, but in in Chicago, Chicago yeah, yeah, not DC. Um, so yeah, so uh, he's going to come in and we're going to have a great breakfast. Doors open at 8, program. We're going to do breakfast from 8.30. Then we're going to move into the theater at the Glass Museum at 9. And uh, he's going to get up on stage and do a rockin' presentation. So um, we're also, I also like have to plug this, but we're also doing a lunch with Nobu <laughs> that uh, is for major investors and, uh, to the political action committee, and a major investor is $1,000 or more, and it's going to be uh, in the back room of Pacific Grill, and uh, it'll be, you know, 25 of your closest friends. <laughs> and, and Nobu. <laughs> and Nobu, yeah. And so that's kind of an opportunity, um, you know, I'm going to have it 
a little bit structured, but it's just going to be a very frank discussion about how to engage uh, your fellow brokers, our members, and and youth tech and um, and social media, and you know how do we how do we keep people interested? So uh, I encourage you all to invest a thousand dollars or more and join us at that lunch, uh, but definitely join us at the GMM. Yeah, yeah. Because definitely. after the GMM um, at the Museum of Glass, which is so cool. Um, Oh, we're really excited about this. But afterwards, um, it's, you're, you're free to roam around the museum as well. So free oh, admission okay. to the exhibits. And, and they have this like exhibit by Preston Singletary, who's a, a Native American um, glass artist. And it is, I, like, we walked through and we yeah, used goosebumps the whole time. It's, 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 it's gorgeous. Yeah. Alone, basically. Yes. Yeah. So come... <laughs> to our GMM, <laughs> pay your registration fee, and then get that for free. So, uh, yeah, we hope you guys can join us. I like this. I like yeah. this. Does anybody have follow-up questions, uh, like on the ADU conversation or any of that? Uh, when does that um, all come together? Yeah, so uh, final vote is Tuesday. I'll be there if anybody wants to join me. <laughs> um, Don't everybody raise their hand. <laughs> Settle down, folks. Uh, but yeah, so um, I'll be there. I'll be speaking to it. Uh, and then uh, that's the final reading. And then it's got a, um, a, uh, a take action date of May 1st. So oh, birthday. Oh, what a nice you. birthday present. I have a May baby, too. I'm May 9th. Happy birthday. <laughs> and if you like really want to get into the, the meat and potatoes of what you know Taylor and the G government affairs committee are doing the government affairs committee meets on the third Wednesday of each month at 9 second Wednesday so second Wednesday second Wednesday at <laughs> 9 a.m. Um, at the top car building and anyone is welcome to attend good invitation yeah, yeah it's a, it's an open meeting um, we've got a body of 15 voting members that really you know take a look I don't I don't set our positions on policy it's that 15 member member committee that um, you know you guys you guys know a lot more than I do because you guys deal with it every day so uh, that 15 member committee uh, takes a look at the at the issues and they, they set our positions and policy and then I get my marching orders and and bug people so yeah outstanding thank you guys thank you thank you you can turn that on <laughs> 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 <laughs>